I think we were a little laggy, but hey, everybody. <laughs> this is Dominic D'Angelo of several outlets here today on the Premier Streaming Network. Or if you're listening on your podcast feed, I'm on your podcast feed. And I am here with none other than Mr. Rob Van Dam for episode 20. 20. Can you believe 20 episodes, Rob? Can't believe it. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Hot damn. <laughs> what are we doing? I know. We're cooking, man. We're, we're... When are we going to get it right? Yeah, yeah. One of these times, it's gonna happen. We'll hit it one of these times. Hanging in there. Yep, hanging in there, man. We're committed to at least through twenty-one. Yes, yes, I think so. Maybe lucky. That'll be our lucky number is twenty-one. Maybe we'll hit it off and just be the flawless episode that we have. You know, we'll we just we'll have to figure it out. Wait and see. Um, happy twenty, dumb. Happy twenty, Rob. It's been a lot of fun so far. Um. Hey, what a way to ring it in, too. Jeez, you had a big, big show on Saturday, last Saturday night, uh, AEW Collision. How was it, man? How, how did it all feel? And uh, being in that atmosphere and um, in your backyard, basically. Uh, I know a lot of people aren't mobile in the, in the uh, Michigan area, so maybe maybe you don't have the crossover for Battle Creek next week. But maybe you will. Well, yeah, a lot of people did tell me that they're going to see me in, uh, in Battle Creek as well this mm. week. Uh, so I hope so. And, uh, of course, it was awesome. You know, that's part of being RVD and connecting with the crowd and being a hometown hero. It was fun. The guys were really cool that we worked with. And uh, Hook, really cool dude, good energy. I heard a bunch of times that day after I heard it the first time that, Taz and I teamed in that same building, the Van Andel Arena, 25 years earlier. So a full circle moment for the Taz family and RVD, I guess. So yeah. pretty cool piece of history, which I'm sure you two, Chris, already knew. But somebody said that in the daytime, and then I heard it five or six times, and it became one of the things to remember about the day and uh i love that in the picture that went out on social media of myself and hook and it, that I, they caught me folding my arms and yeah. doing a sound and i just love that everyone automatically knew that that was an impression that of was dad. a difference in dad it just channeled my taz and everybody recognized it has picked up on it too i saw he tweeted about yeah. it <laughs> so. pretty funny but um, all good though, dude. This uh, this was the first match that I've had in a while where it hasn't been several months uh, in between because a month ago I had that match on August uh, 9th yeah. with with uh, AEW, and this Saturday in my hometown in Battle Creek. Now I'm warmed up. Now it's only been a week, so a lot of people outside of the business might not know 
because they might think the more you wrestle, the more beat up you get. But when it comes to uh, just being conditioned to wrestle, then you have an advantage having a few matches in over the first match after it's been a while. It's always been like that. Um, in Japan, I used to wrestle for a minimum of two weeks. I think it was 15 days in February. Um, November was like a five-week tour, I think, and that was really long, but there was four-week tours, whatever, a lot of time in between for the guys that just wrestled for all Japan pro wrestling and didn't do indie shots when they were home or whatever. It would be like the first night when you come in, oh, your body feels all stiff from the bumps and your body isn't as conditioned if you've had four weeks off and now you're back to work again. But the second night, third night, boom, then then you're back in, then you got it. So just a little insight for anybody that wants that kind of knowledge feel free to subscribe if you like that sort of thing that's right that's right rob what uh how did it feel like were you more acclimated with the ring this time too a little bit did you kind of get better feel for it all or anything like that was that was it like okay i kind of get the gist of how it all yeah. is how yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean i got in there um in the daytime and i jumped up to the top uh a few times to make sure that uh i was 100 percent and the referee, not the no, it was the referee that had my match. The guy I've known him and worked with him forever. That's a lot of the faces, a lot of familiar faces there. Crew people behind the scenes and the boys, but it'll just be like, Well, there's a familiar face. How you doing? Yeah. Don't know how long it's been since I've seen that person or where I worked with them, but so, so many. And when it comes to the crew people you probably wouldn't expect that on the outside. You would look at them as if they're just expendable, replaceable people that maybe got hired locally to come in and, you know, set the chairs up and stuff, which there are those people, but the people then that direct them that are in charge of them and stuff, they tend to be more, more used in, in, in travel. And, and, and because of that, the lighting people, the sound people, camera dudes, uh, just people that set up the actual studio sets, everything. A lot of those are, are um, what they call lifers, you know, and that's their career because they've been doing it so long and they're good at what they do. And um, so, you know, they're used to the lifestyle of being on the road, working around the uh, the wrestlers' egos and uh, and whatever else comes with the wrestlers, just everything that that's entailed in that job yeah right and like it it's, it's got to be kind of refreshing to see those player faces not only that like hey they know what the fuck they're doing and like how how that all operates kind of aspect of it all too um, yeah like yeah it's almost uh, like a hey i remember you and like just a good kind of vibe setting in there already and everything so i started um, i started and then got off track i was talking about the referee that i knew for a long time ago but he said yeah make sure you make sure you um check out that that the top rope because it's higher and he said so and so no that was a fan that said that said so and so i'm not gonna mention their name because it's probably not even true used to botch their their move and but anyway the the ref said something 
man, I just combined two stories in my head, but I, but I was like, is it, is it in fact higher? Because I never knew that. Like to me, like it's weird, but when you're in the ring that much, two inches would be like, it would mean all the difference in the world. If you're used to like certain, yeah. just reaching out and feeling something. And, and it's like, um, I, I know that it is higher, but I didn't, some people, they're like, oh, is it? I don't know. I never noticed. But even when I'm standing on the apron, I feel like a like a like one of the smaller wrestlers because the top rope <laughs> feels like I can get to hear when I'm trying to tag. And I'm like, wow, that's really, really interesting. It's just the top rope is, is, is higher. Uh, but, yeah, I did prepare myself for it uh, earlier in the daytime. Everything went smooth. And, um, you know, like I said, uh, it was awesome connecting with the Michiganders. They were there for me. I love the signs. Always, always love the signs. That's when I come out and connect with the crowd, always pointing out all the RVD signs because that person went through a lot of trouble to make that sign. They were excited about doing it, bought the poster board, whatever, brought it, been carrying it on the bus. I don't know if they us could be uh, could be be. but anyway you know that i just think you know that like i'm always flattered and and then they get creative with it you know have like the the thumbs thumbs. yeah they didn't do the goose they didn't do the goose though (laughs) no no that would be different that would be different that's what somebody should do yeah (laughs) yeah that's where the money is that's where the money is right there geese foam hands (laughs) I noticed some of the guys that I was expecting to see weren't there. And I don't know who's on what show, but before when I had done Dynamite, I saw some of my peers like, um, you know, Mark Henry. I saw Big Show, Jericho. Didn't see those guys at Collision. Um, Did see Christian, though. And um, so nice. So, you know, some of the guys obviously do more than one of the shows because I saw Christian at the other shows too. But however that however that works, I think um, if it does make any of them different than th- this one, I don't know. It felt maybe um, I don't know if it's their C show, if that's what it is or, or whatever, but it seemed uh, like maybe just a little, um, I don't know. It seemed calm easy going everybody seemed to be having fun in a good mood yeah i would say the other was hectic but i mean if i had to vote on uh which which day was uh had better smoother happier energy um then i guess this day would get my vote nice yeah collision has a good pretty good identity overall and stuff like what a silly vote that would be you know yeah. And who would run? Who would run for election? I don't know. Um, it was good though. All good. Nice. What did you get to? I know um, so maybe some talent that was at Collision probably wasn't at Dynamite. Maybe the last time somebody like uh, Brian Danielson. Did you get to interact with him at all? Or um... yeah, that's that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. I did see him, and um, I'd seen him recently, but I guess it was at a convention. Not that you mentioned it, I probably would have thought that maybe it was at the AEW show, but it was, there was a lot of AEW wrestlers at the one that I saw you at, Starcade. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So yep. Saw him there too. But uh, yeah, yep, yep. That would be uh, infirm- affirmative. Nice, nice. Yeah, he's he's got a good energy to him always. It seems too. He's like yeah. very positive and optimistic. So yeah, I was curious to ran into him and stuff like that. Anybody else um, really stand out to you that that maybe you didn't get to interact with or or that uh, you maybe saw in the ring this weekend or anything like that that stood out to you? Anything special in that regard? Well, I thought that I was going to see Cody. What? <laughs> Cody, Cody, um, Karen, Jarrett's son. Oh, Cody, yes. Mm-hmm. Cody Angle, yep. <laughs> yeah. And I was looking forward to seeing him and uh, had something that I brought for him because he's always really cool. And, oh, yeah. of course, RVD's his favorite wrestler. And and uh, Jeff and Karen are both so cool. Karen goes way out of her way to be super nice to me. And she's so classy and beautiful and, and you know, love her. Didn't see them. I guess they weren't on this show didn't see Taz. I was expecting to see Taz because uh-huh. I was with his son hanging out, um, corrupting him. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you corrupt him? What'd you do? Nothing. He's already corrupted. He's too late. <laughs> it's too late. I did like, but I did like that uh, somebody said of that picture when I'm. Yeah. They said that was the first time they'd seen him smile, so I thought that was cool. right. You cracked him. You broke him. Yeah. He's always serious. He's never. He doesn't talk. He's very uh, diminutive, but he's also not diminutive. I don't think that's the right word. But very like straight laced and like straightforward and everything like that. So you you broke him. You got him. So, cool kid. Yeah, he is a cool kid. Yeah, he's definitely got that good vibe. And yeah, I think it has a lot of star power to him and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see how he develops over the course of the wrestling career, if you will. So, um, Hey, I will. I guess I got to, so Tony Khan did a media call this past, uh, on Tuesday. Uh, so yesterday, uh, for wrestling that's coming up on in Seattle. And I got to ask about you. And, uh, I asked him your, his thoughts on having you there and uh, what's the potential of having you down the line there, too? And this is what he said. Let me pull up my notes here because I copied it. Oh, Tony, Tony. Tony. He was, uh, yes, he's very much into RVD. If I can find where I'm oh. here. Let's see, here we go. All right. So this is what Tony Khan said. RVD was a great part of it. The Michigan fans were very excited to see him. He got a great reaction in the live arena, and the show did a great rating. I think he's been here on case-by-case, show-by-show basis. But we have a, we love having him, and I'd certainly be open to Rob returning in the very near future, as I said when I saw him this past weekend. He's doing a great job, and we'd love to have him back. So great to have Rob here anytime he's available to do it, and anytime it makes sense for everyone. So there we go, Rob. How about that? Woo-hoo. Yeah, woohoo yeah. indeed. And hypo- good, good report card. Yes. Hypothetically speaking, if he was having you on, uh, like, maybe not a full-time schedule, but a pretty regular schedule, would that be something you'd be interested in doing? Possibly. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I know. It's just fun to see you on there, Rob. And the, the hell, man, that singlet looked fucking badass. So. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people had very good comments about that singlet and many of them said it was one of their 
favorites. So thanks to Joe Holland, as always. He's got that magic got touch. Did this skull here. That's right, right. Oh, oh, I'm pointing the wrong way. There it is, right there. There it is. There it is. <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> so, yep. yes, uh, this weekend you're going Battle Creek, where the whole damn show is happening. Uh, being back in Michigan for Grand Rapids, did it kind of get you excited more so to be uh, back in Battle Creek the following week and kind of getting in that hometown vibe almost, so to speak, I guess? Yeah, yeah, you could say that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and I know some of the people for sure will, will be in Battle Creek. It's not that far apart. So uh, if anything, the show in Grand Rapids hopefully drew some attention and, and might help kick some momentum towards B.C., um, it's a very weed-friendly um, state now, which you know has changed since I left Michigan. But I was happy to see that, and and so I already know when I get there, I'm all good, hooked up. We're going a couple of days early, do some promotions, and it's always nice to to know that you're taken care of when you get there, um, and then uh, sets the vibe for the trip. Otherwise. As I've said lots of times, if I don't have it, that's cool too. But um, this time I do. It's waiting on me. So I uh, had, had some nice gifts in, in Grand Rapids and uh, have some of those holding and waiting for me when I get back. I will see a handful of people. I don't know how many people I'll see that I know because it could be people from my school. And I'm going to my school to talk to those um those people really? students my understanding is that it's that they've that that's uh for sure but yeah um that went through me and i kept trying to get someone else to organize and they kept sending it back to me but so the high school that i went to that i did the backflip off of the school and i would imagine i'm probably pretty well known by the students that i went to that school so I am planning on going there, giving my little anti-bullying talk and follow your dreams. Don't listen to these teachers. Don't listen to these guys. Like, they don't know. Like spit wads at me. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And, and anyway, um, so there's no telling who I'll see. But I, as far as plans, I could count people on one hand of people that I'm planning on seeing that I from my my days in Battle Creek. But I'm sure there'll be people that say, you don't remember me, do you? I get that everywhere anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I'm usually pretty honest, uh, you know, because it's like, man, I'm not going to play this game, you know, but I'll just, I, or I won't answer it, I'll just say from. <laughs> yeah. You know, I expect to hear like, you used to bag my groceries. You don't remember me? I, you know, I, I expect to see several of those, and maybe I'll pretend to remember them. I don't know. Yeah, well, you just call by the, the wrong name, anyways. Be like, oh yeah, you're uh, Jacob. I remember you, of course. Yeah, I just I, I, I get a lot of people that honestly, like, I, I'm you know, <laughs> the the things that I hear people say. Like sometimes I'll be at a signing and, and they'll say things. And I'm not even exaggerating. Like, dude, you don't remember me, do you? And I'll be like, um, where do I know you from? And they'll be like, when you came to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, 
and you were there in 2002, you walked right by me. I had an RVD t-shirt. You pointed at me and you high-fived me. And they really expect that I am going to remember them from that, you know. And just between you and me, I might not remember that. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes shit like that, you know, moves on to make room for other stuff. Right. It's like, how does the brain, if you're meeting that many people, there's no way you can retain like, just like short moments like that and stuff like that. Dude, I forget people after a week sometimes. And I don't nearly meet as much people as you do. Like the worst, no. the worst is when uh, is forgetting somebody's name right after they introduce oh, themselves. God, I, I feel like such a dick. But you, especially you go to a dress where you're, you're shaking everyone's hand, like, "Hey, I'm Trent. Hey, I'm John. Hey, I'm Bob. Hey, I'm Billy. Hey, I'm Mike." You know, and then sometimes you know, and, and it's, oh, 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 good to meet you. Good, I'm Rob. Good. And then sometimes you know, it's like, "Fuck, what is his name?" Like he just told me. And sometimes it'll just be one person, so you don't even have that that good of an excuse, you know. It'll just be one or two people. And they'll be, hey, I'm I'm Bob, I'm Peter, whatever. And they'll be, okay, hey, I'm uh, Rob. I need to talk to you about this. And then I'll be like, hey, um, fuck, what's his name? You know what I mean? Like, I always feel like irresponsible. Like, uh, like, come on, Rob, you can do better. You know, pay attention next time when someone goes out of their way to shake your hand and tell you their name and, um. So there is that too, but you know what? Also, has always really impressed me is people with photographic memories. Oh yeah, crazy! It's amazing. Something. It seems like it would drive you crazy. I know there's a lot of stuff I would hate to remember. You know, you got some memories that aren't going to be your favorite memories. No, no way. <laughs> you know, these people seem to not forget anything, and I don't know how common they are, but I think of the actress that was on. A TV show called Taxi in the 70s and 80s, like when I was a kid, very popular show, Mary Lou something. And uh, I've seen her being tested, you know, on talk shows. And it's amazing. They can pick a date, you know, November 19th, 1972. And she'll be like, ooh. Ooh, okay, I just bought my brand new uh, Ford LTD that day. Um, I remember I was excited because, you know, and it's like, it, you can watch it like a magic trick and say, are they faking it? But but it's a, it's a real thing. And I think like, wow, what a great skill that would be to have, even though it would haunt you at the same time. Yeah, like there'd be so much shit you wouldn't want to remember. But then, oh my gosh, yeah, some people like can, it's amazing how they can just collect all that. It's like... Um, I think Cal Ripken Jr. was known to like remember names like the baseball player. He was always good with remembering names and everything. It just it baffles me. I can barely remember what I did this morning like half the time. So, yeah. yeah like, uh, uh, now that you mention it in, in the sporting world, what was that one? Robert De Niro played. Uh, oh, the fan? Like, where he's no, like, no. Not, that came up earlier for a different conversation. But the one where he was special – and, and he would like know the numbers and he was going, going very, you know, going, going all the way, going all the way. He would repeat Raymond. Come on. I might not have been Robert De Niro. I thought it was everyone yeah. listening. That's what I'm talking about. So, so, was he, Dennis he, Hoffman or um, Dustin Hoffman. What's that? Oh, name? is it Rain Man? You're thinking Rain Man? Rain Man. That's Rain what it was. Man. Yep. You remember uh, the movie? I remember the movie. I've never seen it though, but I, I am. I think the guy was autistic, but yes. as a, side effect of that he had 
an outstanding memory that was, which is common, like with those people, sometimes they make up for some social skills by having other amazing things that stand out. Sometimes it's the memory, but um, I've always been impressed with that. I wish I had I. If as much of a curse and that would be in some ways, I wish I did have it though. Nonetheless, it's just a pretty cool superpower. It would be really that would be a neat Mortal Kombat skill to have. It's just good memory. I don't know how you could translate that into fighting, but right. <laughs> how to now we're gonna fight crime and stop evil, but right. <laughs> we'll get some trivial pursuit contest. Fucking we'll rocking. Win. Yeah, fucking rocking it. Um. Yeah. Rob, I, I as I usually ask, did you watch any other wrestling this week besides uh, Collision? Um, I did not get a chance to watch any other wrestling yet. Short turnaround. It was Saturday, and we're recording on Wednesday too, so it's kind of yeah. tough, you know. You had a busy week. You were already telling me so. Um, well, yeah. I did want to ask too. Um, uh, are you familiar with Jade Cargill? She just signed with WWE, but she was that huge talent. And what do you think of that? I mean, he's an amazing, like, obviously an amazing look, great presence, good personality, stuff like that. She's pretty much going to flourish wherever she goes. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts on her real quick, if they had any. Yeah, I think she looks like money to me. You know, she looks, uh, she looks great, looks marketable skilled and so i'm not surprised that wwe would want to pick her up and i don't see what would be keeping her from being uh, a huge star she's very magnetic and and it's you know cool to to look at her um so in a different way than like say China years ago or whatever, because she she's different, you know, and mm-hmm. she's like more more feminine and 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 and, uh, and there's a, like a, a sexiness to her, but she also looks badass and stuff, incredibly fit, you know, and uh, and I saw the match where she wrestled with Shaq, and you know, and it was like I don't know if that was her very first or one of her first, but I could tell from that that you know that she definitely had a potential to uh, to have somebody show her the right way right. because because you, you even you couldn't get you couldn't go through just one match like that if you were hopeless you couldn't do it no way yeah and she's I know she was like a natural athlete I think she was like a volleyball player or something before going into like a, a real almost professional and her husband was a professional baseball player too so. It's just like, man, yeah, the look she has, she definitely, she's got, she's like the five-tool player almost, it seems like. Yeah, not not knowing a lot about her, I'm I'm a fan of her from what I know, you know. Yeah. I've been in the room with her a little bit. I don't think I've actually met her. I don't know, but, um, but yeah, like I said, she's, she's got that uh, it factor. So good, good luck to her and her career. Absolutely, absolutely. Somebody else I want to talk about too, and I you mentioned it on the Chris Van Vliet uh, interview too. Uh, he he brought up uh, Matt Riddle, who uh, just got released by WWE. But um, I know you had a little interaction with him. You knew him from Ultimate Fighter, and you knew him even before like, he got into wrestling, right? So, uh, yeah. in, 
Like you, you don't know. I think you told Chris that you didn't know him too, too well from a personal standpoint, but um, he's very, a very talented guy too. And I think he like wherever he did, whatever he decides to do, whether it's MMA again or, or wrestling, it's it's sky could be the limit for him too. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, and if anybody missed that story, I met Matt Riddle at the Playboy Mansion at a party years ago after the ultimate fighter this was a medical uh marijuana policy project fundraiser which they used to have annually at the playboy mansion and then eventually hugh quit having parties at the mansion from outsiders and then it just went all downhill after that but that's where i had met him so a lot of people think that's a pretty cool story and he seems to not be able to stay out of trouble this kid right so yeah. um, so you know he'll get another chance i'm sure but i feel like he got so many chances that they felt like that they're not going to be taken seriously unless some consequences are are, are shown i think They'll be temporary, and that could be by the universe, not necessarily by the company, but he'll definitely, you know, uh, go somewhere productive from here. <laughs> and hopefully he'll quit. And hopefully he'll quit sending dick pics or whatever it is that he's uh, that he's it? doing on the on his uh, on his off time that gets him so much heat. Yeah. The reports were he, he uh, apparently WWE, like some sources said that uh, he was he burned a lot of chances with with them, and you know it, it gets to a point to hopefully it's kind of a reality check for him where he's like, okay, maybe I gotta fucking straighten my act up on certain regards with things and kind of refocus, watch some RVD all with G, maybe you know. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, he 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 grabbed the headlines enough to where. Sometimes Katie would joke and be like, okay, Matt must be behaving himself. I haven't seen his dick or <laughs> anything all week show up online. And and then all of a sudden, like, boom, oh, there he is again. You know, oh. Yeah, so um, that's his story. Yep, yep. Yeah, hopefully he turns it around. I mean, he's such a talent, and um, so it would be cool to see him kind of like, he yeah. will. I mean, it could be. It could be way worse. I, and, and I don't know. I mean, as soon as I said that, I'm like, I don't know the worst he's done. I can't. But um, from what I know, which isn't very much, but I, I was just gonna say, I don't know. You know, I'm gonna take that back right now because I really don't know. You know, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to try and make, try and make light of something if somebody else feels victimized that knows a story that i don't and, and and really i don't have the knowledge i i know what i don't know and that's that yeah. uh, and that's just that um he's not getting in trouble for smuggling heroin internationally and uh um what do you call when you sell people well, trafficking like trafficking yeah people yeah. trafficking i mean so murder <laughs> so if it's if it's you know doing some uh uh 
creepy things or being into weird things at the wrong time or whatever, then I guess I was trying to make it sound better from that way. But again, I don't know. Don't know what anyone's done except myself. And uh, I put myself on blast all the time. So there ain't no heat on me. That's right. No, you can't dig anything up on me. And I think everybody knows that because uh, there's there's nothing hidden. Nope. Yeah. You're an open book, Rob, and you're straightforward. You know, you don't get that too often. That's why it's called one of a kind. <laughs> True. True that, man. True. Works for me. Yep. All right. So my original plan was we were going to do a wrestler spotlight. I had somebody in mind that I was like, oh, that'd kind of be a cool tie-in. But I want to do him uh, justice, this WWE Hall of Famer, this fellow WWE Hall of Famer. So we're going to table him for now uh, to potentially next week. We're just going to do another rendition of Ask RVD because we've got a good amount of questions uh, just in a few hours' time. Is it a good amount of good questions? That's a good question, Rob. Let's figure it out. Because all I did is I hit screenshot. And so I uploaded them to this uh, to our stream yard here. I don't even know what some of these questions. Well, you better, not, you better not pick any really stupid questions that I don't know the answer to. That's right. Well, I didn't do dates and stuff like that. And the certain ones that I did screen. Now, here, guys, before I carry on to well, what we get a lot of is, will you smoke with me? Um, what's your favorite this? And um, when you when will you come back here? And what will you are you? What's your status? Uh, all that stuff we've already answered, or yeah. <laughs> Rob's kind of made pretty clear, like his favorites change from time to time. It's not a certain thing that you can go. So if you have those, kind of maybe stay away from those next time. But, um, you know, always feel free to use hashtag AskRVD, and we'll see. We'll be able to filter them out. So, Rob, we are going to start. This is from, wait, what's, okay. I wanted to ask this one last week when we did it. This is from one of my dirt sheet friends, uh, Robert D. Felice. He writes for Fightful, and uh, he asked a question that I was kind of curious to get your thoughts on. All right. So he says, "How has nostalgia in modern media changed the way you view your own career in wrestling, your own worth as far as continuing to take bookings, and has it changed your perspective on longevity in wrestling overall?" Just this modern landscape of uh, technology and media and the fact that people are really going back to nostalgia nowadays too as it kind of made you kind of reset how to maybe market yourself or promote yourself or anything to that effect well i feel like there's probably like a a book that could be written around that question from all kinds of different perspectives but i'll, I'll grab what's in my head right now. And I think of the fact that the generation above me, you know, they wrestled. And then unless you could find really old VHS tapes, a lot of that got destroyed anyway, especially from the old TV studios. A lot of when they used to do the, um, um, what, what was it? Uh, celluloid that it was filmed on. But anyway, uh, what people in my generation might not have known was that we wrestle, but on a particular night, like let's say I'm in Philadelphia in 1998 and I'm in the ring with Sabu. What I'm not thinking is this match is going to be watched in 2023 on 
the WWE Network or whatever it's called now, the Peacock, uh, yeah. wherever they're airing this stuff. And, and so because of that, in YouTube, but even more so, just these libraries, they're being viewed and from some viewers' perspectives, they almost see it as current. So because of that, it keeps me fresh to generations that are still coming out. So I'll be surprised sometimes when seven, eight-year-olds will recognize me and be like, oh, my God, RBD. And they'll say, their parents will say, oh, you're his favorite. He's watching, you know, the, like I said, the ECW shows on the network or, or whatever he's watching. And, and it's like, uh, to me, that's amazing because they can move forward from there, but they're still 25 years off. And and then and then sometimes they might be surprised if they see a picture of me or something and see that I'm older than I was in 1998, and it's because they don't really understand that, that what they're watching. You know, same thing with porn. You know what I mean? Like when you're looking at a really hot chick on porn, you're thinking, "Oh my God, I love her." You're not thinking that she's really 89 right now. You know yeah. that she. She filmed that back in uh, 1964, and now she's. <laughs> yeah, you're not thinking about like, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. fantasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just they we want them to live forever in that moment, yeah. and, and that's and that's what being an image is all about is not having the whole three dimensions and living an actual life, but just being whatever you are to. The beholder. That's what being an image is always. Yeah. Yeah. That's a very interesting thought too on it all because it's like, yeah, there's no way you're thinking about that stuff in 1998 and let alone like, Hey, this seven year old is going to like, you know, 30 years from now is going to recognize who I am. And like, I'm going to be his favorite wrestler where it's just like, wow, that's, that's crazy to even think or somebody even like that Kalani Jordan and NXT, like I'm sure she's a, she's a younger talent that, you know, didn't grow, maybe necessarily grow up watching you like like that you know modern you but like she adapted a lot of your you know style and influence and stuff so it's it's pretty cool that it translates to that too so pretty um, cool yeah. pretty darn cool all right this was an interesting one Bob. so this is in regards to one of your singlets in particular uh Thoughts on this gear and the story behind it. This one in particular, Rob. This is not like your typical uh, singlets going on. What do you, do you have any memories of that one? Uh, how that one came to be? Is that a Absolutely. Joe Holland or is that not Joe Holland? Yeah. No, there there are two of those. The other one I think has a silver. Yep, the silver dragon. Mm -hmm. I think just the two. And so so here's the the deal with that. When I came into WWE in 2001. Just like every other moment in my career, I have a flooding of people offering me their opinions on how I should change, mm -hmm. fit their values. <laughs> or, mm -hmm. well, I mean, that, that, that's how I saw it, but really they thought it was a good idea that it was going to help me. That should change. I should do more of this, less of that. Um, Michael Hayes said um, he thought that my airbrush was tie-dye. That's what he referred to to it as and he said one time to me he said you know that that tie dye it, it well it reminds us of the 70s and and i was like oh yeah and he was like 
yeah, would you like, would you consider like, you know, like, do you see what Kurt Angle wears? Like it's the same kind of cut, but like it's made by the seamstress. So it, it, it's actually like, it's all made in and it's solid. And, uh, and so, you know, I was, uh, all right, I'll give it a try. You know, <laughs> we didn't want to try it. Um, but that's what that was. That was the seamstresses made me an RVD version of the Kurt Angle outfit. Um, because the airbrush quote tie dye reminded them of the seventies. And so, um, they wanted to change me, you know? And so I got those outfits and after a very short time, because Joe Holland was my boy, Joe Holland, the airbrush artist, he was still kicking ass, uh, making these sweet outfits and sending them to me, you know, he wasn't stopping. So <laughs> what I did was I saved the Kurt Angle-ish outfits for the non-televised shows when I was out on the road. And then when I would do TV every Monday or every Tuesday or, or one Sunday a month, I would wear the brand new airbrushed outfits because they only stay bright one or two times. And then depending on the specific outfit, they start fading um, and, 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 because of that, I wouldn't want to wear the painted ones and waste them on the non-televised shows. So th those became my house show outfits. And uh, and I just kept doing what I do. Ignoring, do, ignoring everybody, ignoring everybody and marching down my own path. Heck yeah, man. Hey, that, that's cool, man. Like, that's such smart thinking, too. That, hey, don't waste the, the, the good airbrush ones, uh, you know, on house shows. And get them yeah, on. because they, they really don't last long. And they fade. And then uh, after a while, the elasticity actually dries up and cracks out. Um, but, but it's the fading. It only looks really hot and fresh like once, maybe twice if it's a really short match um, that you wear it in. But, uh, yeah, because of that. And, and I don't know if it was good or not, but obviously a lot of fans would agree that my outfits were awesome and that that was another thing that made me stand out and be different. Mm-hmm. It is crazy, I guess, to think about that a wrestler would come in having his own stuff painted outside instead of having WWE uh, create their outfit and have the owners control it over it so they know that I'm not going to show up with it faded or, or whatever. It seems like that, that was a lot of freedom to give me because I could show up with a completely faded one and look like shit, and then that would reflect upon them and their professionalism, even though... It was really my fault, you know, so when you look at it that way, um, that was, it was some, some leverage over being just one of the other guys, you know, right. and the action figure people loved it because they could make so many action figures out of me because of my different outfits, just like Rey Mysterio. Yeah, yeah. Heck, we wouldn't have these many different frames either if you didn't have the airbrush stuff. So right, right. You know, what now I know you never really have a particular favorite singlet, but does Joe Holland have a particular one that you know that he likes the most? That's a great question, and I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I, I'd be interested. You know what? That's who we should maybe interview. That's a great idea. Thirty thousand subscribers coming up on uh, uh, on my YouTube page. We're talking about doing a live stream, and who could be a good guest out of a. Uh, a list of people that we have. I'm going to add him on the list. I like Which, that. Which, by the way, Maven's getting 30,000 uh, um, views like every video he does. You seen that? 
nuts is that? Yeah. He used to be a QVC host. I wonder if he started playing into that, like trying to figure out. Maybe he has a certain marketing idea that we're missing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, but you know, congrats, congrats, congrats. To me. yeah, it's good shit, man. So he's a personality too, that's for sure. Um, all right, what do we got here? Okay, you might have answered this one before. Uh, Wrestle Sport Media asks, "What is a wrestling move you did once and you would never do again?" I know you don't like the the um, what is it, the Alabama Slam, that thing. Yeah, but I mean, I always do that. The the yeah. the, the other side of the equation to that fact is that I would never tell them. That they're right. killing because my ego would absorb it. I used to jump up to the top rope in the middle mm-hmm. and do a crossbody, not on the turnbuckle, but jump up to the top rope. And um, you sh- not more more than once, but I, you know, don't do that anymore because the risk factor. Just like, did we just talk about this? Yeah, we did. The, yeah. So yeah, did one eighty into the split legged moonsault out of the corner. Yeah, you'd That's spin cool. around. Mm-hmm. What's another one? As far as one time, um, I this comes to mind a move that I think I only did one time, and that was a rolling thunder onto abyss, onto a piece of plywood that had barbed wire wrapped around it or stapled to it or whatever. I think that's the only time I've done that because I don't think I've had a match like that. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, that would be. I would feel uncomfortable. I'm sure. <laughs> um, I so somebody asked about this. I want to see if this is another one. Uh, no, that's not it. Uh, this is it. This is the one. Uh, VBDCS. Why did you start using that double arm gourdbuster suplex where you'd pick the guy up vertically and slam him back down face first? I never seen anyone else do that. Well, first off, thank you for noticing that. All the original RVD moves, and here's one that could be original that I don't even do anymore. I don't think I ever saw anybody do this, but so it's a combination of like uh, a front suplex. Mm-hmm. Pick someone up for a vertical suplex, but you come forward on their face with it. Yeah. It's a combination of that and like a uh like a uh, like a like a chicken wing like like a chicken wing suplex uh and so i used to do this all the time but i was killing people with it you know i would i would i would i would hook their arms like like a like a chicken wing not not um like with, with, them, with them over their head, yeah, like a like a pedigree, not not like back, not like my chest to their back, right? But like like they're bent down, and and, and I um, I use I use that chicken wing to, to pick them up, and then instead of going backwards, I would go frontwards, and um, everyone that I did that to would get fucked up. Oh, really? so that was one of the reasons. Like very few people. Sometimes they they would they were uncomfortable. They would stick their knee uh, forward to break their fall, and they would land on their knee. Um, uh, or uh, you know, I would I would like kind of like throw them at the end so that they could take care of themselves. But um, most people were very uncomfortable with that. When I would pick them back up, their legs would all split and go everywhere. Um, so it was a bit sloppy. I have other moves like that too, um, like a side power bomb that that I would do. 
um, to legitimately take control over someone. But in a match, maybe it's out of my realm. But the guys down there pick him up and step out of it and slam him down. I used to kill people with that, so I quit doing it. And the real reason that I gave up that that front um, chicken wing gourd buster gimmick is because I, when I went to WWE, I thought that maybe it was too much like Triple H's move. Okay, yeah. To me, it looked like a better version of it. And so I thought for those reasons that I probably shouldn't do it because he's he's got the guy hooked the same way and he's just kind of going down. I'm picking the guy all the way up and then like bringing him down. Uh, so in my mind, I was thinking it's like a more like a, like maybe he would think that I'm doing an extreme version of his move, even though I've been doing it for years um, and done in Japan and stuff. But that's that's why I gave it up, because I thought I don't want it to to be confused with someone else's arsenal in a way that could affect any boundary issues. Right, right. You didn't want to cause any unneeded tension for no reason that wasn't just circumstantial or anything. Yeah, the fact, that and the fact that most people, when they would land, would somehow get fucked up um, <laughs> were enough reason for me to say, eh, I got enough other moves. Yeah. So I'll, I'll follow up with this too. So if something like that happens, like a move, somebody get you deliver a move to somebody and it does like, oh man, I got fucked up from that. Is it just a matter of like them after the match being like, hey man, that move kind of fucked me up pretty good, or like, and then you just kind circumstantial. of circumstantial. It's completely circumstantial, yeah. you know, just mm-hmm. like you would imagine. It could go. It could be great energy. It could be funny. It could be like my bad. It could be anger. You never know. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, some of the the way the style is now, it's like um, I've had someone try to do a move to me. And it was so damn confusing to me, him trying to explain to me how I was supposed to take this move. I go, like, like I'm going to hip toss, but then I reached down here between your legs, and I grab this arm, and I pull it around here. And then, like, when I grab this and I pull up on here, like, jump, but don't jump that way. Like, jump, and then, like, lean, but spin spin into this way while I do it. And what I'll do, and I'm like, can you do this move to me or not? <laughs> You know, right. am I doing the move to me? Because I know. <laughs> Boom, I escaped. I escaped my own move. <laughs> I didn't even have to go out there. I'm already done. You don't even have to come out, man. I got it. I got it. Yeah, I did it. I did it. I escaped it. Didn't work. It didn't work. Didn't work. <laughs> All right. But also, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's been times where, you know, like I've knocked people out in the in the ring and didn't know how they were going to react or potatoed them really bad and didn't knock them out. Even like with Ryback one time specifically, I remember I kicked him so hard in the mouth and I felt bad, but I didn't know him or know how he was going to react. And, and, and I couldn't feel him out there, you know, like I tried, couldn't feel the the response. And I think he was angry at himself. We talked about it after, but but right afterwards, it's like I gotta wait till I see him before I take my boots off. Cause last thing I want is to have like one boot halfway off and like, you know, have be like halfway undressed and have someone come back there and be like, motherfucker. You know, because I that's just the, the old school that I'm from. That's like a good possibility. Somebody could be, you know, really, really mad. And even if they're 
you know, even if you deserve it at a certain point, like you still got to, what are you going to do? You still got to put your, <laughs> protect yourself. You right. Know? Exactly. Yeah. I kicked the business teeth out. I felt so bad, oh, so bad. But I can only apologize so many times that, and, and he was getting more and more angry, you know, and you know, of course he is. I would be too, you know, but it's like, dude, you know, okay. So now what, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I'm sorry. It's nicest guy ever too. So that, that's why I definitely, that, that made me feel extra, extra bad. And, and um, I'd never done that before. And I didn't even know that I did. I couldn't even tell, but bam, um, didn't even know uh, with that, with that back kick out of the corner. And then, whew, and then it was a while, several weeks later, I did the exact same thing to ride back. And that's why I was like, fuck, you know, like, like that's, that's where, where as a, I don't know, as an artist, as a, uh, any as a worker even you know where i have to like um be my own worst critic and beat the shit out of myself and and be like okay you know that can't happen again like you you know you you know you're lazy get your fucking eyes on your opponent spin your head back you know go back to first grade fucking martial arts what are you doing because you get after a while into a flow and your timing and and so it's easy to uh to 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 get into a rhythm that's a little more lazy and and you really need all the effort and uh and execution behind it in a way that being lazy and going with the flow doesn't accommodate and the same thing for jumping up to the top rope it takes everything can't just be like boom all right now i'm gonna go to the top because sometimes you know i might get tripped up or something it's like boom commitment gotta be committed to each move that's right it's, but anyway, I, they've been cool about it, though. They've been cool about it. And I knocked out, you know, some guys. I knocked out One Man Gang. I knocked out Jungle Jim Steele. knocked out Matt Stryker. Um, quite a few people. But I always, you never, you know, I always feel uncomfortable afterwards until we're able to have some words. Right, right. You know, and it's, it's, it's that balance of things. Because obviously, like, it's not ballet, but it's also, you still got to feel, sometimes you, you'll feel bad about it, nonetheless, you know? Of course, yeah. I mean, and some people, it's just their business, you know? It's just their policy is just to put you in check. Like a Pitbull Anthony, he'd be like, that's okay, as long as you didn't do it on purpose. You didn't do it on purpose, right? Look at it a little straight and be like, okay, then, yeah. And then, and, and it's not just him, but there's a lot of people that, that that's their response and so that's a a way of the a way of the wrestler you know yep. the way of the wrestler absolutely yeah. all right here's an interesting one if you could go back and take anyone's gimmick and have it as your own who would you be today what about million dollar man rvd would you do that Rob? um i would be Robbie the Barber Beefcake. <laughs> <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> <laughs> oh, perfect. It's my calling. That's yeah. your calling. You're coming out with big fucking scissors. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. <laughs> Carlos asks. <laughs> Have you ever heard of a wrestler being addicted to the blade in ECW? Well, you mentioned uh, Balls Mahoney was pretty into bleeding, right? Is there anybody else that was like that too, Rob? That's oh. what they mean, right? 
Yeah. Just some, someone that really like to do it is often themselves and like yeah, kind of like it's, it's almost like every match or something like that where they want to do it. New Jack looked like he did, you yeah, know right. what I mean? Like looking at his forehead, um, you know, Sheik was like that, the original, at least the years that I saw him. Abdullah the Butcher, same thing. Um, um, in, in ECW, though, as I mentioned recently a, a few times, I, when I would be wrestling Balls Mahoney, he wanted to blade every match, and I. I'm never for it. I'm never, I'm never, it's never my idea. And if someone says, Hey, you know, uh, how do you feel about me doing this? I'm always going to say, I don't think it needs it. And I mean, there might be exceptions, but I mean, that's how I'm going to mostly feel. And then, and then if the question is, do you mind if I do it, then I'm probably gonna be like, you really, uh, you really got to do that. Like you really think it needs it. And, and then, you know, for some people, it really means a lot to them. Like, that's part of their dream is to get color out there in a match. I don't know. Like, whatever, dude. But Balls was like that. And we would be like, come on, Balls. Like, not not tonight, dude. And sometimes my evil ex would even talk to him before, uh, before a match because she'd be there. And she'd try and hit it from the, uh, uh, the, the, the blood safety perspective you know like you know i don't know what he's bringing home you know if he makes blood you know like everyone knows you with those two nasty rats last night or whatever boom 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 and, but um whatever um besides him i think he i mean cronus like to do it a lot you know like but addicted is a very strong word though that is a pretty strong word was it did the sheik teach you how to do it no no didn't do it Mm-mm. no sir that was not something the sheik would ever expose to us we were never allowed to even look in his briefcase you know he had it open he had it open one time the second i think my fourth match in vermont i think and uh Sabu and I kind of like were sneaking up behind him to look over his shoulder because we wanted to see in his briefcase yeah. uh because he was so kayfabe with us, and 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 we were looking, and and, and he saw us, and he like slammed it shut, and we ran like mice. Like, what are you looking at? We were like down the hallway. It's like the briefcase in uh, Pulp Fiction or whatever. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. What do we got next here? Uh, okay, I think you maybe mentioned this before. Dismissal, dismiss abysmal. What's the difference between stiff and snug? Bruce Pritchard says that Vader was stiff, but RVD was snug. Is there a difference, Rob? Well, if you want to put a difference on it, snug is going to be a little more endearing, a little more friendly. Snug is going to refer to a style where you're going to feel everything. It's going to be impactful. Um, It's not light. Compare that to stiff. Stiff tends to refer more to uh, too snug to the point of where possible harm is um, a good possibility. You know, like uh, this guy's like really stiff. 
maybe you know you're probably gonna have like some bruises and stuff on your legs from his kick. His kicks are stiff as fuck. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna watch out for those and don't let one catch you in the jaw. Might knock you out. So if there's a difference, then then it's that. Like stiff would be a little bit less complimentary to be referred to as as being uh, stiff. Stiff comes with like a, a stigma that sounds like unappealing to work with maybe where a snug could be more like you know hey i love that snug style man i boom that's why i prefer it so little little difference but if you were to interchange them then you know i would let you <laughs> i wouldn't have that was so would kind of be like more would it be fair to label it like a little more reckless or is that it could be it could be you know what i mean i mean everything's subjective you know what i mean mm -hmm. i could call myself stiff then have someone else say nah you're not really stiff Rob. i'd say snug it's like oh, okay but you know now we're just two people arguing over which word to use to right. describe <laughs> right. but if you ask someone whose nose i broke he might tell you he thought that i was a little stiff yeah yeah okay yeah definitely subjective all right let's see we'll do a few more here Okay, I put this one up because I knew you were going to be there. Chris Chaos says, are you going to be in Seattle at Wrestle Dream? Chris, he is not. He's going to be in Battle Creek, Michigan this weekend. So there you go. It's a popular weekend. Uh, Chillicothe, Ohio has a show September 30th. The uh, the little guys, the little um, midgets, I can't remember what their promotion's called, but they, they come out here all the time at the strip clubs. They got a show um, at the Nerd, and I think maybe a day or two. And won't be able to do it, dude. It's a popular weekend. It yeah. is a popular weekend. Yeah, it's Thunder of the Earth. really happening. I'm really forward to, looking forward to Battle Creek, though. I'll be there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and uh, going to stir up some noise. You're going to have a good weekend, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah. I'm going to have fun. Okay, here we go. Canadian Tokadusu Donald says, would you take Hook as your apprentice and teach him the ways of extreme hardcore wrestling, Rob? What's it pay? There you go. That's it. That's it. <laughs> sure, I'd be interested in that. I just need a little more info on the on the facts of the job. That's it. That's it. No, I like it. Shady Lazak says, "Do you have a favorite wrestling video game? If so, which one? Were you ever? Did you play some wrestling video games back in like the earlier days or anything like that? Uh, yes, way back." in the day um and i ended up buying those video games and had them in my bachelor pad uh for a cool while um i captured my childhood just like when i got the soundwave transformer action figure as an adult because my mom could never find it that one christmas so i got it i got it i don't know what to do with it but um so one of them was called matt mania Okay, I think but I. But yeah, Matt Mania had two different versions because one of them was also called Mania Challenge, and the difference was in one character. I think one of them had the Golden Hawk at the end, but it was Coco Savage and the Piranha. There's a karate dude, but uh, I used to get me and Dango would get hooked on one video game per year that would be like whether it was at our bowling alley or was it the campground and and i would we would we would both spend so much time that we just master it and it would piss everyone off because no one else would be able to play 
and Mania Challenge or Matt Mania was one of those where people come up and they set their quarters up, and that means they're next because yeah. they're waiting. But we'd put a quarter in, and we'd, we'd be there for 45 minutes because we'd find, like, a flaw. Like, you could run and shoulder block them over and over and over. Every time they start to get up, you could do a running shoulder tackle over and over until their power drains all the way down and then just beat them. It's not as fun, but once we found that, we could get through anywhere, you know what I mean? And so that, that, that was one of those. Um, and then also there was a tag team game that I bought that had like the, the buttons that you hit. Um, and the, the artwork was like rip off of WWE wrestlers. Uh, tag team challenge, maybe, or tag team mania. I'm not sure what the name of, uh, of that one was, but it was cool. You could throw them under the ropes and jump up and drop kick them or throw them, go up to the top rope and jump off if you were quick enough and uh, do tag team moves. And it was like, uh, like four people could play at the same time and there's a joystick and a button that you with a little graph that gets stronger. Can't remember the name of it, but um, the other one I'm sure was Mania Challenge or Matt Mania, depending on which version of it that you played. What was the, do you remember the one, I know it was, it's been popular too, like from nostalgia fans and like vintage video game fans. The one that had like Starman, where it was like a pink guy that had a blue star over his face. Yeah, that was, I think that was Nintendo or maybe even ColecoVision. Yeah. That was so cool. Starman, I think it was called. Starman, because then there was, uh, I think there was almost like an an Antonio Inoki got it character too on there or something. But I remember that game. That was way back. Yeah, I did play that, but oh my god, dude, I must have been seven. Oh, god, I don't know. It's been so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I will say, so uh, back in the early two thousands, they were SmackDown. Here comes the pain, and I would always play as you because there was a triple threat with me, my two brothers. We'd, we'd always do triple threat ma- ladder matches. And uh, one of them was Booker T. The other one was The Undertaker. But you were just kicking ass at it. So I always took you. you got all the moves, right? You got all the moves, man. That was, so I, that was before everyone else stole all my moves. Now you don't right. even need RVD in a video game. They just they just rip off uh, my outfit, my ponytail, everything, and call me uh, whatever and uh, rob the barber beefcake. Rob the barber beefcake. <laughs> I am definitely going to Photoshop something. Uh, all right. Two more questions we'll do. Boom. Ash says, since you had so many great wrestling attire, do you have, yeah, this is the, the inverse question. Did you have one that you disliked the most instead of all the singles that you had? Is there one that you're like, uh, was it the house show ones? Damn. That's an interesting question. What can I grab from my brain, if any? Man, I mean, there was one where the paint came off the very first night. Probably going to go with that. You're not going to know which one it was, but it had like green and yellow. I think it was a gray outfit, but uh, Joe was still learning. Sometimes he would make mistakes, and he was learning how to set the heat on the airbrushing. Uh, And this one, he didn't set the heat right before he put it in the package and sent it, and it was just peeling off on my very first match was already coming off and i was like oh man and he told me to send it back to him he, he said it but it was like so fucked by the time i sent it to him that i don't think it was even uh 
savable, but that that comes to mind. Um, um, funny story that isn't going to be as negative about my least favorite. By the way, sometimes when I'm thinking of the the one that where it really comes up on my legs, the one that's the Saranama. It's like blue and white. It looks like metal, like sheet metal. Yeah, yeah. The legs would just peel up on me, make make it look like I got a diaper on. Um, But but here's a story real quick. After I was in TNA from 2009-ish, 2010 maybe till 2012-ish. And then I went back to WWE 2013 and 2014. Twice when I was ready to come out on TV, um, my opponent's already in the ring. It's commercial. And I'm standing at Gorilla waiting for my my music to hit as soon as the commercial's done. And uh, I remember two different times, but one specific, the last time, Dean Malenko's like, uh, uh, hey, Rob, he goes, you got another outfit in your bag? And I'm like, um yeah he goes you want to go put it on and i'm like um wait are you serious why and he goes you got one that doesn't say tna on it and i was like oh fuck like my heart just like stopped because i'm like oh my god this is live tv i had to fucking run down the hallway bam 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 sprint all the way down there fucking grab my bag, open it up. And, oh my God, thank God. I can't believe that. I'm such a fucking dumbass. <laughs> and then run right back out there and like my music's playing. And I went in Gorilla. And, like I'm the only one panicking. When the girl just thought it's funny. Yeah. You know, they're, all, they're all just like, heat's on him if he doesn't make it. You know, all the right. like, You know, and I, was, I did that two different times. One of them was like an Iron Man looking outfit. And yeah. it has TNA on the leg. I didn't notice that. Wow. Yeah. Oh. The Iron Man one's cool too. Yeah, I've seen that the one in TNA, that one, and uh, yeah. that has to be. I mean, that's an easy mistake to make, though. I mean, if you're having so many of those singlets and stuff like that, it's like. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Bye. <Yeah. laughs> All right, one more. I don't even know what we're we're going with here, but I'm clicking on one. Dark Nola says, "Oh, okay. Is there an unspoken rule for wrestlers today not to use any of your kicks like the Van Daminator or the Van Terminator?" I just had this conversation the other day about how I don't think I see anyone using your moveset outside of the frog splash. Rob, there's not really an unwritten rule, is there? Is or is like do people? I'm sure people would ask you if they could use it a lot of the times too. Sometimes, but so the answer is is not only no, but I see people doing it all the time. I see it on Instagram. I see like uh, the girls. Two girls try to do the Van Daminator, and the kind of crowd kind of shit on it because. Oh, really? uh, wasn't the best but in the van terminator um one of the blondes like the blondes oh neon blondes you know the the really nice kids i've seen them forever um there's a um a guy and a girl pretty sure they're boyfriend girlfriend but they could be brother and sister or both they're they are from the south but um they, uh, you know, but uh, but that guy will like run down the rope, you know, halfway and then jump off and then do like a Van Terminator or whatever. But I, I see people do it all the, all the time, I think. But you know, if it's a respect thing, then uh, then I'd be surprised. But um, people, 
people are doing it. People are doing, you know, I mean, they're trying. Yeah, <laughs> they're trying, yeah, but um, but 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 no, and they do if I am on a show, then usually out of courtesy, someone will ask, especially if they're on earlier in the show, someone will say, like, you know, are you, are you doing the um the, the Van Daminator? Um or would I be would you mind if I you know it's like it's called the Van Daminator. What the fuck are you doing? Get out of here. Get on out of here. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to hold nobody back though, because I've never been someone like that. But um, you know, that happens though, and that is how I feel sometimes. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame it. Jeez, I remember the first time I saw the Van Terminator. I was like, like it was like the first movie I really was like, holy fuck! Like I didn't even know it was kind of possible to do something like that. Right. Like just right. Uh, think outside on. the box. Yeah. Know what's possible? Yeah, I never seen anybody do it either. Yeah. It was like I would uh, I would crouch my opponent on the top rope, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Once he would hold the chair over his face, and then I would come out of the corner that dude's facing, and I would jump up off the top rope and do a flying one-legged kick to the chair, and I kept pulling the dude back further and further every night, challenging myself. Yeah. And then I was like, wait a minute. I can fucking clear this ring, you know? Like, let me roadkill. Come here, I gotta try something. <laughs> roadkill, get on over here. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Sal Graziano, get your ass over here, big man. <laughs> uh, that's funny shit. All right, um, Rob, I we're not doing an RVD all this week, correct? So, but I do want to make it short. I got travel in the morning, right? And so, but I I will say for uh, last uh, this week, humility. Uh, I always try to keep that in perspective, especially like, you know, laughing at yourself, kind of being like, all right, you know, and just kind of accepting your flaws in a lot of ways, I think is, is kind of the, the nitty aspect of it, but kind of making it into a joke and kind of having fun with it. It's like something that I always kind of factor in. So um, it's, it's always helpful to do that. And if you're able to laugh at yourself, you're kind of able to kind of boom, move on from whatever's bugging you too, when that, when it comes to certain situations of that. So that's what I got, man. So. Yeah, dude. Um, so hopefully that came into play and and you were reminded of how important that is because the reason it's important is because it's instinctive for our ego to throw up a defense wall anytime our image is being challenged. Anything about us. Someone could say we smell bad. I do not. Fuck you. You smell bad. But you know what? Maybe you do smell bad. Is it possible? You know what I mean? What if you're like, oh my God, you know, what if what if you got cat piss on your t-shirt? But instinctively, and it's really ignorant if you think about it. Like I would regret that. I'd be like, why, why did I get defensive and say, fuck you, you smell bad when I was the one in the wrong? People don't care. Basic thinkers don't regret because they just move on. Um, but for me, that'd be something I try to fix about myself. You know, it could be somebody could say you look bad. They could say, uh, you sound bad. They could say you smell bad. Um, you move bad, whatever the thing is, they can say that. And you gotta at least be open to, to be like, 
is it possible? I mean, you know, um, you know, try and see it from their perspective. And, you know, it's not always fun to do that if someone's insulting you, but sometimes you take it as an insult and it really could just be fact. And um, one other thing to say about this, you know, just overall, just, you know, we're talking about um, being able to laugh at yourself. John Snyder, I think his name is John. He was, um, Luke, no, Bo. Was he Bo or Luke in the in the Dukes of Hazard? Um, um, I'm not sure about that one. I think he was Bo, but the blonde haired dude, anyway. Blonde uh, John Snyder. Why am I thinking Tom Snyder? It could be Tom Snyder. So anyway, I've John done. Snyder. John Snyder. It's Bo. It is John Snyder. Okay. Um, one of the nicest guys like that I've ever met. You know, he's just got this good energy about him. And he's so funny. He's just like, you know, he's just entertaining, like at the sitting at the table, everyone's eating lunch in the green room or whatever. Like everything he says, I'm laughing at. And, you know, and I just said, man, you're a funny dude. Um, and he said, well, looks aren't everything. And instantly it was just like, uh, you know, maybe like laugh again, like he's looking at himself, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, like that's that that was funny something like that i might have been paraphrasing i was like man dude you're funny well hey i mean looks aren't everything that's if i said you're funny looking but you get it but anyway it was just an example of um being not so, such a tight ass about yourself you know right. being able to laugh at yourself be able to at least allow some criticism of yourself without automatically going into defense mode because there might be some truth to it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And you know, that's funny too, because it's like people that take themselves too seriously. You, you look at like stand up comedians and stuff like that. Like that's usually what they'll go after people that take themselves yeah. too seriously. You know, it's like, comedians will start off talking about their, their big nose or whatever and make fun of themselves a lot of times you know pull out, pull out stuff you know oh, what are you kidding I mean, going through school with a beaker like this you think i didn't get you think i didn't have it rough what what you know and it's like hey he made it okay to laugh at him yeah right. like <laughs> but uh yeah I'll, I'll bring one next next week because i i like the feedback and i know people have told me that they're uh listening and applying and uh so that makes it all worth it um we're just doing a uh a little shorter version and on the shorter versions sometimes we'd be skipping the new rvdology but we talked about last week's right am i right am i right down that's what we're doing that's what we're doing all right so cool. hey yeah we'll get it for you guys next week potentially uh rob's got a busy weekend up ahead battle creek going to be fun that i'm sure that i wish i was there to see it and everything battle on Center arena battle in the creek pure pro wrestling yeah. uh september 30th somebody That's a great. talent was asking me too he messaged me on instagram he was asking who runs that do you know who runs runs the whole shindig for that rob i do okay uh maybe can i get that from me off air potentially <laughs> was it, was it the neon blonde uh it might have been the, yeah it was it facade is that it i think that might be it all right hmm. okay because i got a message that was and, it. I, and i gave okay yeah mm -hmm. uh, yeah 
blonde hair dude wears the neon yeah. green and yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's him. Uh-huh. That's the red Terminator, but made it his own version of it. So oh, we're just sick. talking about him, man. Just, wow, how about that? How about that? All, re- it's all relative. It's all there relative. All relative, man. Cool. Well, guys, if you like what you're hearing or watching, you can watch us early every Friday at 4:20 on the Premier Streaming Network. Or you can check out rvdpod.com. We have all the clips up there. And hey, we got a new spot too on Rumble. We got full episodes popping up on there. I'm going to be making that a regular occasion every Monday at 4.20 p.m. You'll be able to watch the new episodes of RVD every Monday. What? Right when the podcast drops, you'll be able to check it out on Rumble too. So go to rumble.com. Uh, we'll be sharing the links on social media all over the place. So be sure to check those out. Sweet. Nice. And uh, I am stoked for my match uh, in, in Battle Creek. Body's mm-hmm. feeling great. There ain't, uh, there's no room for any of the naysayers anymore. I mean, we pretty much like pretty much like snuffed them out like last night's campfire. You know what I mean? Like, psh. so all positive energy going in. And I'm looking forward to uh, wrestling with uh, Brian Cage because I have a lot of respect for that young man. It's very impressive, and uh, and I know he can take a decent kick to the chops. Oh, he's gonna feel it, man! He's gonna feel <laughs> it the whole damn show. Oh, we're stiff. Mm-hmm. He'll figure it out this <laughs> this week. We'll ask him after. Yep, we'll ask him after. We'll get Brian yeah. King's opinion on it. Yeah. All right, guys. Hey, Thanks, we'll see you next. you're Thanks, welcome, everybody. Rob. Yep. Thanks, everybody. Let us know in the comments mm-hmm. if these short ones. Are cool, or you prefer them being longer with the RV geology, or or what you think about this guy? <laughs> or Joe Hall. Let's get Joe on here. We gotta get Joe Hall on. Why can't I can't I can't point anyone? He here. said he's done like uh, probably like three hundred outfits. Isn't that amazing? Holy shit, that's crazy. Yeah, always always same dude from the beginning, and the last one. Might have been one of his best, according to the subjective views of some of the fans. Somebody said it was very Miami Vice looking, and I love Miami Vice, so I think it was great, Rob. Good stuff. Uh, Katie, I don't know if you saw the pictures of Katie standing with me, but she had same colors to match me. She had the braid, too. She had the braid. It was sweet. Yeah, Yeah. that was a great picture of you, too. too. Yes, it was. Very nice. She's so awesome. Yeah, you guys are great together. Yeah. Uh, cool, dude. We'll have a great weekend. And uh, look, forward, look forward to next week. Absolutely. We'll see you guys here too next week on One of a Kind with RVD. I was waiting for some kind of sign, some kind of indication. I was wasting my time. I got myself about.